From creation to the flood to the patriarchs to Egypt, join me, Pastor Hook, as we go through Genesis, the backstory to the beginning. This story, because where we left was uh, Genesis chapter 19. Um, the two angels arrived at Lot's house. Uh, these are the two angels that left Abraham. There was three people with Abraham, but Yahweh left, and the two angels now go to Lot, and they uh, meet Lot, and Lot insists that you know ins- that they don't go to the town square, but instead that they come to his home. Uh, he insisted strongly that they go, and, and why is that? Now we find out why. It's because um, before these men had decided to go to bed at night in Lot's house in the city of Sodom, the young and the old men surround the house of Lot and they call out to Lot, where are those two men that came to you last night? Bring them out so we can have sex with them. We talked yesterday about the word yada, which means to know somebody, but in this context, we know that they were going to have sex. Um, So let's just pick up the story again on verse 6. This is Genesis chapter 19, verse 6. So Lot went outside to meet them and he shut the door behind him. And he said, no, my friends, don't do this wicked thing. Look, I have two daughters who have never slept with a man. They're virgins. Let me bring them out to you and you can do whatever you would like with them. But don't do anything to these men for they have come under the protection of my roof. So this is clearly a clash of cultures, I think. Um, Because Sodom is not part of the Abrahamic stuff, right? It's not the Yahwistic stuff. It's it's the paganistic stuff. Um, and the pagan religions were all sex fertility cults. And um, that was very much a part of their life. It's very much part of how they lived. Um, and so remember, Lot is a foreigner. He had been with Abraham. And the whole uh, the whole thing that came down through Abraham. Uh, and so he was he was more versed in the, we, what do we know about Abraham? It, it, Abraham was a very, very old man before his wife convinced him to yada with his servant Hagar to have a child so that they could have children in the compound from Abraham and Sarah. So obviously there was no uh, fertility, if it was a fertility cult, with Abraham, he'd have long had children, probably had lots and lots of children. But for uh, for Abraham and Sarah, the the marriage, this union between them was very sacred to the point where they went out of that a little bit so that they could have children. So that's kind of, that's who they were. And then you have uh, over where Lot is in, in, uh, in Sodom, and he's a foreigner in the land, and they just apparently have... Uh, Sex is not as sacred to them, or, or maybe it is, but it has different different connotations for them. Most of those fertility re, uh, religions, especially Cana, Cana is a very uh, fertile land, and in order for the land to remain fertile, uh, the, the community would gather around and do all these s- sexual acts to please the gods so that the land would remain fertile. Uh, and that's, you know, that's what they did. And Lot is a foreigner living in Sodom, but it sounds like it's just it's just gone to pieces. I mean, they just literally the two guys come into town and they want to come in and have carnal knowledge with these two guys, know them in a biblical way, and they don't see any problem with it whatsoever. Now, Lot is a foreigner in that land. 
remember he came from he came from uh, Abraham and so he finds this repulsive the men in the community don't find it repulsive at all this is perfectly natural you know you get strangers in the land and we're gonna come and, and have sex with them but Lot because he's a stranger he's a transplant in uh, he is the one that tries to stop them and that's what he does uh, but the men will have nothing of it and so they continue on this is verse 9 um, get out of our way they replied this fellow came here as a foreigner and <laughs> this is Lot this fellow came here as a foreigner and now he wants to play the judge he wants to impose uh, upon us his, you know, his values and his morals, and we're not going to have that. We have our own culture. We have our own morals. We deal with foreigners the way we want to deal with foreigners, and so we're going to do it our way. We will treat you worse than them. And they kept bringing pressure on Lot and moved forward to break down the door. Now the men inside reach out and pulled Lot back into the house, and they shut the door. Uh, then they struck the men who were at the door of the house, young and old, with blindness, so they could not find the door. So a couple things. First of all, this isn't a nomadic community um, as Abraham was. This is a community where they actually have houses and doors, and you actually can protect yourself at night in a house. Uh, whereas, pose if you're a tented community, uh, it's a lot easier to get into a tent. Uh, but Lot... Uh, goes inside and and you know they pull him inside and they close the door and then these two men these two angels right uh, struck strike all the men of Sodom with blindness so they cannot find the door to get into Lot's house so these two men end up protecting Lot Lot was trying to protect them from the stranger from the community but they end up protecting Lot from the community and then what happens well let's just keep going uh, the two men said to Lot, do you have anyone else here, sons-in-laws, sons or daughters or anyone else in the city who belong to you? Get them out of here because we are going to destroy this place. The outcry to the Lord against its people is so great that he has sent us to destroy it. So God, through these two angels, has decided to destroy Sodom and we find out Gomorrah um, because of whatever it is that's going on in, in Sodom. And we'll spend some more time on that. But whatever it is, it is extremely displeasing to God. Extremely displeasing. Of which, part of this, I'm sure, is the men surrounding Lot's house wanting to yada to know these two angels. Um, so, well, let's just continue reading. So Lot went out and he spoke to his sons-in-laws who were pledged to marry his daughters. Remember, they were virgin at this point, but they hadn't consummated the marriage. So this is um, still how Lot treats his daughters, which is very uh, Abrahamic, very um, Jewish way to treat your daughters, which is uh, you're, you get a dowry, you're pledged to be betrothed, and this is what's going to happen. And then when it's time for the marriage, to actually be consummated, you know, they bring everybody together, they consummate the marriage. Uh, sex is very much tied into marriage, family, procreation, community, love, all of that stuff, it, the, 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 that the sexual bond is all within that context. But in, Can in Cana, 
in the uh, in those religions in in Sodom and Gomorrah, it's not. Uh, sex is not within the context of marriage. Sex is within the context of fertility gods and pleasure, uh, and pleasure and all that sort of thing. So we see that Lot's following his his heritage, but he's not following what's going on in Sodom and Gomorrah. So, but Lot goes out. This is again verse fourteen. He goes out and spoke to his sons-in-laws, who right. They are part of this Sodom and Gomorrah utility cult or fertility cult who are pledged to marry his daughters. And he said, hurry and get out of this place because the Lord is going to destroy the city. But his sons-in-laws thought he was joking. So with the coming of the dawn, the angel urged Lot saying, hurry, take your wife and your two daughters who are here or you'll be swept away when the city is punished. Let's keep going. And when he hesitated, Lot, the men grasped his hands and the hands of his wife and his two daughters, and he led them safely out of the city, for the Lord was merciful to them. And as soon as they had brought them out, one of them said, flee for your lives. Don't look back. Don't stop anywhere in the plain. Flee to the mountains or you'll be swept away. But Lot said to them, no, my lords, please, your servant has found favor in your eyes, and you have shown great kindness to me in sparing my life, but I can't flee to the mountain. Now, maybe... You know, maybe he's too old. He can't get up the mountain. I don't know. But I can't flee to the mountains. This disaster will overtake me and I'll die. Look, here's a town near enough to run to and it is small. Let me flee to it. It is small, isn't it? Then my life will be spared. We keep going. Uh, The angels then, they said to him, very well, I will grant this request too. I will not overthrow the town you speak of. But flee there quickly, because I cannot do anything until you reach it. And that is why the town is called Zoar. And by the time Lot reached Zoar, the sun had risen over the land. And the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. And thus he overthrew overthrew those cities and the entire plain, destroying all those living in the cities and also the vegetation in the land. But Lot's wife looked back, and she became a pillar of salt. And early the next morning, Abraham got up and returned to the place where he had stood before the Lord. He looked down toward Sodom and Gomorrah, toward all the land of the plain, and he saw dense smoke rising from the land like smoke from the furnace. So um, ah, there's one more verse here. So when God destroyed the cities of the plain, he remembered Abraham, and he brought Lot out of the cathedral, catastrophe that overflew the cities where Lot had lived. So um, Abraham leaves uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. He finds refuge in this town called Zoar, uh, which is a Hebrew word meaning insignificant or small um, because uh, it's not on the radar screens, but, um, but the angels destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And why did they destroy Sodom and Gomorrah? Well, that is the question. That is the million-dollar question. What was the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah that caused such destruction? And uh, for years and years and years, the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah was this encounter of, uh, of the angels with Lot and the men of Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, it obviously, these men were, uh, were definitely following uh, the fertility gods, so they had all of that. But I believe, this is just what I believe, that they were just, um, they were, all they were consumed with 
somehow they were consumed with the pleasure of sex and they wanted to, to have that pleasure all the time with anything, with anyone. Um, and that was kind of the wickedness that lived in Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, is that explicitly talked about in the text? Not really. Um, all it says is that we have this encounter with the men of Sodom, you know, wanting to have their way with these two visitors. But that's just a reflection of the evil and the wickedness going on in this community. Now, it, it, Lot seems to be able to live in this community with his, you know, Abrahamic sense of what's, what's right and what's pleasing in God's sight. Um, and, and he's able to protect his daughters from it, right? He's going to have his daughters marry these men. Um, but he is forcing these men to wait uh, before they consummate the marriage. I mean, sometimes these, um, uh, sometimes these uh, marriages didn't get consummated until the women um, started becoming of childbearing age, right? Uh, and started being able to bear children. So these women that Lot is talking about, these daughters, because it hasn't been consummated yet, um, he's identified who the males are that are going to marry his daughters. They've already made the covenant, and when they get to be old enough, that you know they can uh, they they can consummate the marriage but these these guys don't they don't even want to um you know turn aside from the angels uh and and consummate the you know have sex with lots of very very young daughters so i th i just think that they're um i just think they're that, that that town was just all about of sexual pleasure. I think that's all it was. It was probably one big, and you know, the, the, there are addictions in this world. There's gambling addictions, there's alcoholic addictions. Well, one of the addictions in this world is sex, right? You wouldn't think about it, but there are people that it's just all about that. Um, and they can't, uh, they can't break free from that addiction. That's what the morning, day, and night, that's all they think about. I remember about two years ago, three years ago, for some reason, I read a memoir of a girl who grew up in a family in California where her father and her mother, who kind of lived together, but they weren't married, were both um, addicted to sex. And their whole goal in life was to um, try to try to um, throw away all the, the societal stigmas and rules and laws associated with sex and create a new paradigm or a new way of looking at it within their household where it was completely, um, you know, the, the, anybody could have sex with anybody at any time for any reason, um, they all were um, walking around. Uh, you're probably wondering why I was reading this. I can't even remember now why I was. I, th I think I saw a YouTube talk of this lady because she had become a Christian. And um, she shared how miserable it was, how freeing it was to be surrounded by a community where sex was um, honored and respected and, and brought within you know, just a marriage contact, uh, context. And she shares her story about what it was growing up 
And her household basically was a Sodom and Gomorrah. I mean, it basically was horrible. And I just read this. Actually, I think what I'll do is I'll get the name of that book and I'll share it with you because some of you might be interested in reading it. It was really fascinating. It's just a horrible story about how depraved the world becomes if there's no boundaries around sex and how quickly it becomes depraved. Um, and I think it's a lesson for all of us that it is so easy to, to change from where there's boundaries around relationships and sex and all that sort of thing to where it just goes like a Bacchanalia and a Sodom Gomorrah type. I mean, it is, it is um, very natural for uh, mankind to descend into the Canaanite religions, the sex fertility religions. I mean, come on, it's a, a fertility religion is basically where people have sex in the temple to make the gods happy so that they'll make it rain. And that is not a hard sell to a lot of people, but it is a, it is a very devastating, if there's no boundaries around sex, it can rapidly dis descend into, according to this lady who wrote this memoir, um, it is it can turn into just the most horrible conditions you can possibly imagine. I wouldn't want anybody to live and grow up in that kind of atmosphere. And this lady that grew up in it was deeply, deeply wounded and hurt um, by all sorts of things that should have never, ever happened in her family, in her household. Um, and so, um, and, and she eventually became a Christian and she talks about her experience and it's just a heartbreaking experience. So um, that is what happens to Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, they go, uh, they're destroyed by these two angels and the only ones that survive are Lot and his wife and his two daughters. So God destroyed the cities of the plain and he remembered Abraham. He brought Lot out of the catastrophe that overthrew the cities where Lot lived. So um, God was not pleased with Sodom and Gomorrah at all. He's not pleased when mankind uh, becomes so inwardly focused about, you know, that sex being something very meaningful and, and create families and, you know, fulfill the, the garden promise to be fruitful and multiply and to create stable relationships. When it all becomes about what it was in Sodom and Gomorrah, God is not pleased with that at all. And uh, so we should take that to heart uh, because without the Abrahamic religion, I don't know if there's any boundaries or guidelines around sex. I really don't. Um, I, I, and, uh, you know, and when the United States becomes less and less Judeo-Christian, uh, there will be less and less boundaries about sex. I mean, that's just, the, that's the end, that's the end game uh, if, if the Abrahamic religions go away, and uh, if the Judeo-Christian religions go away, um, it'll all be just about the pleasure and the bacchanalia, and it, and and uh, so that might be the end game of the world. Who knows? So uh, that's a terrible thing to talk about, but we're just going to go ahead and end up in prayer. Uh, gracious God, um, thank you for the boundaries that you've given us for meaningful relationships, to create families and, uh, and the joy of family. Um, be with uh, our world in the midst of this pandemic and keep us safe. Uh, thank you for everybody uh, listening and keep them safe. 
And uh, until we meet again, uh, keep us in your grace.